Hello, you're all very welcome. I spray my mental health podcast. Episode number 28 with myself, David O'Connor. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much for listening again if you've been here before. And if you're a new listener, yep, sound. Nice one for dropping by and checking out what it's all about. And I suppose maybe go back to a couple of the earlier episodes. It's a couple of nice short intro episodes near near the start from last year that maybe just give an idea of what it's all about. But uh, yeah, essentially it's not rocket science. It's uh, basically just me on my own talking into a cheap microphone about all things mental health, my own experiences, things I've been affected by, things I've done, things I'm doing to make myself stronger uh, and more resilient. And to complement that, I discuss or highlight different songs, different music, different books, different films, different people. Anything I come across in my life that I find somewhat inspiring or motivating and share it with listeners and hope that it can uh, it can inspire inspire others. And that's the uh, yeah, that's pretty much the basis of I Spray My Mental Health podcast. So thanks again for listening. So a nice one today. It's Mental Health Awareness Week, which naturally you see an upsurge in um, all sorts of material online and in advertising and media, print media, radio, all across the board. There'd be a massive upsurge with discussion and posts around all things mental health and mental illness. And with that, you, you'll see a trend. There's no doubt I highlighted this in an earlier episode about for good or for bad, for better or for worse. Like It's a trend online. I remember checking the numbers and I did a post about it I think hashtag mental health awareness popped back something like 19 million results on Instagram alone so that's that's just one one app so you look at Facebook Twitter LinkedIn wherever else millions millions of people and it shapes the conversation as to where it's at at the moment. And I often say this, I've been saying this for the last, the last while, and this is my own opinion on it, and I'd be interested in hearing what other people think, because I do not know fucking everything. I only have a, my viewpoint is just from observation, from discussion with other people uh, on, at ground level. I have absolutely no idea, no knowledge whatsoever, higher up the scale as to what official statistics are or official official viewpoints are at government level or anything like that but at ground level certainly from what i can see is like awareness exists 100 percent. there is mental health awareness does exist and when you say those words people will engage they'll know they'll recognize straight away yeah jesus yeah that's important have to look after ourselves look out for people in my family people in my friends look out for people and when you take into account where we were as a country as a nation like even fucking 10 years ago like that's progress absolute progress because again to give an example of my own experiences 10 years ago i'm actually going back bang on 10 years ago when i was in the bank and spiraling towards the worst period of my life mentally where i i was suicidal I was at a point where I was planning on taking my life. And when, sort of prior to that, before it got really, really bad, I was in a shit storm. It just hadn't quite gotten that bad, but I was in the, in the middle of a shit storm. And I remember thinking, I need to do something here. And I sat at home on the computer 
and the computer jesus that sounds like i'm talking about the fucking 80s um yeah there were no smartphones sat down on my computer at home anyway and i googled depression or symptoms of depression i had to look into it because there was so much going on in my mind my feelings my emotions everything was all over the place and i had to try and figure something out and i remember googling i looked up like symptoms of depression and everything that came up like i was taking it off i was like yeah jesus i think that could be yeah that looks right that this looks right and i remember being at home alone and checking out the window to make sure nobody was coming back and in hindsight looking back like i was more i deleted the history that night on my computer because i was terrified someone else my family would come along and see like jesus he was looking that up like i was more embarrassed looking that up than i was looking at fucking porn it was like well that seems normal like every young lad in their teens or early 20s looks at porn but fuck if i'm caught looking up shit about depression what will people think and that was the attitude i had towards myself and i think that maybe captures where we were as a nation um, where society was in ireland in 2009 so yeah bring that on 2019 as i said it's a bit more open 100 it's more open it's more engaging and people are a little bit more savvy about the fact that yeah look i i, I could have a shit day my mate could be having a shit day um my boss could be having a really bad day and and that that's life life can be hard and i think we definitely accept that more i suppose where where there's a most to the next stage is the misunderstanding and it's not even a misunderstanding it's perhaps a lack of understanding and it's nobody's fault it's just where we are as a society because say particularly my generation i'm 25 jesus we were never taught about this in school we were never taught about it in work there was nothing so you're essentially starting from scratch no matter what age you're at it's great for young kids now where they're looking at mind things like mindfulness and exploring emotion in school right down to primary school level Jesus, I'd have killed for that. If I could go back in time, what do I owe my younger self? Fuck me, a mindfulness class in senior infants could have changed the course of my life. But anywho, to, to dip into that most, that lack of understanding, like, like I said, I can tell you out straight, I can talk to my boss and say, listen, I'm having a bit of a crappy day. And that's going to be accepted at face value. I have no doubt my boss will say to me, look, do what you got to do, look after yourself fine no problem where it gets tricky is the variances when it comes to not just poor mental health but mental illness if i was to sit down with my boss and explain you know different grades of bipolar or you know different shades of different areas when it comes to schizophrenia things like that that's where there's misunderstanding or, or, or lack of understanding and that's where it needs to move on so awareness exists the next stage is education and understanding and i don't even mean that from a point of view of i need to know what's wrong with me i think just more from a social perspective from a work perspective from a family setting if you know what the other person is going through it makes it a lot easier to listen it makes it a lot easier to engage and it makes it, it just made things a lot easier full stop and tied with that education understanding under that umbrella is listening just learning how to listen and i think those three things if we can tie that together marry them together move it on 
and sort of make it a personal responsibility. This isn't a, you know, a cry out loud for those in charge to make instant change and make all this better and make all of us everywhere know everything we need to know. Because that's not going to change overnight. Right, strides have been made at, 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 in the higher echelons to, with investment in mental health services. It's still a long way off. We know all that. But I think to bring it back down, as I said, the ground level and a, to make, make yourself accountable, make yourself responsible. What do I need to know to, to understand my friend better, to understand my brother, my sister? Is there anything I need to know to be a better listener? And I think that stage brings us over that moat, keeps awareness fresh because it can go stale very quickly and I'm often cautious with, I suppose, the work I do. Like, my, my commitment is just, I use insurance and adventure challenges to raise money, raise funds for different mental health organisations throughout Ireland. That's my mission because I feel that's where I can best connect and best inspire people and get my message across because I don't have the knowledge exactly what I'm talking about. I don't understand enough about the vastness in this field, whether it's mental health nursing, as I said, an understanding of, of, of different mind conditions. I don't have the knowledge, so I wouldn't go about preaching about here's what we all need to do when I haven't got a clue about so much. All I have is my own experience and the conversations I've had with friends who have had their difficulties with family. That's all I have. And I try and make, as I said, to, to, in this instance, to practice what I preach, to make it my responsibility to have a better understanding of how dynamic this situation can be. And that's where I'm at with it. So I suppose that's a message, Mental Health Week, Mental Health Awareness Week. Take a little bit of account, accountability and a responsibility to just learn one or two things about how to listen and how to understand. And I think the best movements, oh, we talk about about a movement, about how things grow legs, how things develop. And it's always on the ground. People power. <laughs> you know, it just sounds a bit... People power, yeah, Jesus, that sounds a bit roby. But anyway, that's what I mean. Like, it, that, that, that group dynamic, when that expands, when people buy in on the ground, that's how, that's how it grows legs. That's how, that's how there's 16 million posts about depression online. All that will expand quicker and greater and probably with more substance than government legislation that's going to throw an extra two or three million into mental health services in Ireland because that could take forever. So I think just make it our responsibility, stay on top of our own, stay on top of things for ourselves, stay on top of things for our mates and yeah, let that be that. Mental health awareness, mind yourself and mind your mates. So this week, to tie in with that, I'm undertaking the next, the next in line of my mental health challenges, and this time I'll be fundraising for a lot for life again, a website, a, a charity organisation that I've mentioned a couple of times on on this podcast before. It's a wonderful platform that shares, I suppose, different personal stories. Exactly what I'm talking about. People talking about what they've been through, things that they've done, help that they've received, difficulties that they're maybe still having, and different things just because as i said it's so vast there's so much on this website in terms of personal story and then there's to complement that again there's 
there's a lot there from from doctors psychiatrists obviously Noel Breslin Brezzy is is one of the big names behind this site uh, he's latched on now with his own podcast uh, all about mindfulness all about settling the mind settling your soul and it's brilliant check out his podcast if you haven't done so where is my mind and it, look it's a wonderful platform I've written for them quite a lot quite a bit over the last couple of years and I found them very engaging and I'm very happy to the fundraise so I'm aiming to, to raise a thousand euro and the link is up on my Instagram page it is live now it should be on my profile if you're looking to donate any every little helps the link is live on my page and I suppose it would help if I told you what I'm doing. I'm hiking up Lugnaquilla, 925 metres in County Wicklow. It's the highest peak in Leinster. And a regular John for me, I love it down there. Absolutely love it. It's, uh, it's a tough old climb. You're up the side of a waterfall. It's a tough old gig on, on a good day. So just to add a bit of challenge to it, I'll be putting 40 pounds on my back. Um, I'll have a Bergen on my back weighing 40 pounds. Probably a kettlebell either side, so it'll probably be a bit over 40, just the way the mats are working with the weights. But the reason I'm doing this is the weight of my back is representative of the burdens we carry in our minds and just the pressure that we put ourselves under on a daily basis. And again, the positive spin, you take slow, steady steps, keep moving forward, get the help you need from friends, and you'll get there eventually. Really sim- simple representation that's what i like to do when i design these challenges when i look into them i I try and make a link some sort of symbolism or expressionism that people can say jesus yeah that makes sense so really simple one be kicking that off on sunday morning should have the updates see if the coverage is like in the phone but hopefully be able to to follow up my stories on instagram and yeah look another little step like to push myself and see what i can get get out of it what i can learn about myself and hopefully as I said, hopefully raise some funds for for a lust for life. So check out that website if you haven't done so already. This week's Toast to Creativity is a lovely one and very much in line of what I've just discussed over the last 15 minutes. Sticking with music, I'll talk about music. And this is a nice one. This is one that was came about, I think about two months ago. And it's, I suppose it's heavy but it, it's quite poignant and it's beautiful. There's an artist by the name of David Balfe. He, a spoken word artist, mixes music. Uh, well known around, uh, around the club, down at Shells. Big Shells fan. All his mates are Big Shells fan. And he released an album called, well, I suppose as an artist, he, for those I love, and it's a tribute to his best friend, Paul Curran, who passed last year. And I'm going to give some background to this. Paul was also a Shells fan. He was an incredible writer. Fuck me. I, I was sent a couple of his videos, his spoken word videos on YouTube. And Jesus Christ, like, amazing. Just, ah. Uh, like everything I talk about, about what inspires you, what makes you want to sit down and say, geez, I'd love to write something like that. And what Paul Curran did gave me that feeling. I, I just watched it. It's like, Jesus, I love writing. I consider myself a good writer, but fuck, I would love to be able to write this. And his friend David Balf is of similar ilk, of similar talent. And 
he's put this album together, nine track album together, as a tribute to his friend who passed. So Paul was also a Shells fan, and this is quite sad. Last year, this was actually in the lead up to Aware 10 and 10. So coming up close to the Maritons, we, the club got really behind this. All the players, everyone in the league, I mean, the Women's National League, everybody really bought into this. And I've spoke about 10 and 10 in different episodes, but just this is just to give a little bit of background. And in the lead up to it, it uh, two Shells fans were found dead on a Friday night. And it, it shocked everybody. Now, these are separate incidents, it's completely separate. I'm not even sure the two boys knew each other. It, it was like it was so destroying. I mean, I I didn't know that. I I know some of the people within their friend circle. I didn't know the two the two gentlemen myself. But obviously, with it's a small. The club is small. Everybody's involved in the club knows each other. So word spread very quickly as to what had happened, and and it was fucking heartbreaking. The loss of life so young. Two young people. Whatever was going through their mind, it, it's it was fucking devastating. And the night we played Longford at home, our lads, the first team players, wore the t-shirts for a wear as part of our campaign in the warm-up. And really nice thing to do. They didn't have to do it. Uh, it was just a, an opportunity to, again, just build build a campaign, get my word out to maybe, there was obviously people in the crowd that wouldn't be on social media, so it was just an opportunity to share with those at the match and with the media who were present what was going on. That same night, the two families of the two lads who passed were down and they scattered the ashes in the centre circle after the match and I remember I, I, I saw this from the tunnel and a couple of the floodlights were off and it, it was beautiful it, it was really really beautiful there was one or two floodlights still on and just the cast of the lights the two families were around it was ah, oh, it, it was tragic but fucking beautiful and then that when we, we went up into the dressing room there was a debrief after the match in which we won and we learned that night then that somebody else in the club had been going through a really really difficult period and it was a fucking emotional night for everybody like yeah, people talk about footballers and oh, they don't give a fuck about anything. Like I looked around the dressing room that night, and you could see there were young lads, eighteen, ninety, twenty. Like you could see it in their eyes; they were visibly shaken by kind of everything that had sort of gone on, and you could certainly see people were processing it in their minds. And it was just a fucking lot to take. And I remember driving home that night, again looking at like I remember just thinking in my head, like fuck me, like where ten and ten, like what. Just being honest, like a part of me was like, why the fuck am I bothering? I was like, I cannot do any, this is not going to change. I can't change fucking anything. It's like I'm wasting my fucking time. And when I hear anything like this, I feel guilty because I got that far. I got to a point where I wanted to take my life. I had planned on taking my life twice, but somehow managed to get out of it. And when I hear the people taking their lives or somebody, a friend of a friend or this, I'm like, oh, fuck. I often feel guilty. I don't know why. I'm not too sure why, but that's it. I got that that night. And I had to snap out of it. I was like, I need to change my fucking mindset here. What has happened tonight, everything we've witnessed tonight makes 10 and 10 all the more important. It makes pushing, like you said, pushing awareness, pushing, highlighting discussion, open dialogue around mental health, mental illness. It makes it all the more important. And that was, I've gone completely off track here. 
I've given background to the album. Jesus, sorry. But it is still relevant. It's all mental health orientated. So this gentleman, he's, this artist, wrote this piece and it's... I don't want to go in too much about understanding the genre. Uh, I've an appreciation for a lot of music, a lot of different genres, and this would tie along the lines of the likes of the streets, that sort of electro, garage, underground, spoken word, rap. You can label it what you want to label it, but essentially what, what this guy Balf has done, he's just, he's written about the love he had for his friend, he's written about growing up in Kulak, he's written about like, what they've done, what they did together, the love he had for his friend and the love he still has. A love that won't die basically and he mentions this and I still clear this for a while when it first was released and the club shared it I remember at the time I was going through a bit of a shitty week and I said I'm, I'm just gonna hold off on that when the time is right I'm just gonna completely immerse myself in this and take something from it and I took so much from it it was fucking powerful and this brings me back to what I speak about when I highlight film and music and art and books, all this, on this podcast. When somebody, when you bounce from your fucking heart or from your soul, there's a force that won't stop you. It's an audience of one. You're doing this for internal benefit. Like, this gentleman hasn't written this album to make a fucking million euro, which obviously he wouldn't anyway, but does. There's nothing that made him sit down and say, I'm going to write an album dedicated to my best friend and I'm going to make a million. Not a fucking chance. This is written from the fucking basement of his soul. And it tells. And I think an example, Damo Dempsey, I'm going to give an example, Damien Dempsey, right? A lot of people I know don't get Damien Dempsey. They're like, he's fucking shy. What is that? And I said, if you go to a Damien Dempsey Dempsey concert, does Vicar Street every Christmas, a fucking amazing gig. And the reason is, and I always say this, he's sincere. He fucking means it. He has a small but very loyal fan base that will follow him because he means it. Again, he writes about Donna Mead. He writes about fucking drugs, boxing, growing up in the 90s, all that stuff. And he means it. And that's why it works for him on that scale. So with this piece, when somebody articulates some form of pain or pleasure in their lives into a story, into a song, into lyrics, it's on a plate for others to appreciate. But it just, that's it. It articulates pain and pleasure. And you cannot attach money to that. And I, I just, it's the ultimate tribute I can give to this nine, this nine track album. It's from the gentleman's fucking heart and soul. And it hits, it hits the back of your throat. It hits your heart. Because you know he means it. And there's some lovely, lovely lyrics in it. He talks about advice his friend gave him. Lovely couple of lines in it. He says... He talks about stories. He talks about something he's been through. And what stories can mean to people. He says, like, stories to tell never greet sadness. They treat it. And as you grasp it, own it, deal with it, you can heal with it, so I'll heal with it. It's like, fuck me, man, that's, that's fucking powerful. And there's so much to be appreciated in it. So, look, even if it's not your favourite type of music, if you're looking at this saying, I'm not really into rap, I'm not into this, check it out on Spotify. For those I love, 
for the meaning behind it. Give this a chance. Have a listen to it. There's a beautiful track called The Shape of You that I've had on repeat when I'm out on runs. And I've really, as I said, I've just immersed myself in it. It's fucking powerful. The Shape of You. Go and listen to that one. That's the one I, I, I'd, I'd certainly recommend. But as I say, when somebody's just going from the heart, when they're sincere, they mean what they do, it is very, very easy to appreciate it. And I think, yeah, actually, you talk about music. Another high-profile example. The song Zombie from the Cranberries, which everybody knows, when Dolores O'Riordan wrote that, it was it was after an IRA the, the IRA there was a bomb in oh where was it Warrington I think in 1993, and Dolores O'Riordan wrote Zombie on the back of that, and it was supposedly a label like a protest song, and the record company said to them, no don't go down this route, don't do it, don't do it, let's stick with fucking rhyme and love with Dove, don't go near it. And they ended up offering the band a check for fucking... They offered them a million euro to go another direction. Take this song, take this album, go this direction. And apparently Dolores O'Riordan ripped the check up in front of them and said, I'm writing about what I feel. This is what's on my mind. This is what's happening in my country. I'm fucking writing this. We're recording it and we're releasing it. The rest they say is history. Like Zombie, You Look, like that was released in... 94, 95, 20 years on, it's still in the top 100. In ver- it pops up in the top 100 of different charts online or otherwise right throughout the world still. Like, it is a fucking juggernaut and everybody knows that song. She went with her gut. She went with her emotion. She went with what she felt. You can picture the anger, you can picture that emotion deep inside her when that happened and she just, this came to her, I'm going to write a song about this. You can picture the Lord sitting down, pen, fucking notepad, whatever, and the words just falling out, this is it, this is what this is about. And then a record company saying, now go and write a song, or go and write a fucking love song. Again, just sincerity, that's what it meant to her. And it was probably the fucking ripping up a cheque for a million euros with the greatest decision she ever made. So yeah, that's... uh, I tend to get a bit excited. But that's this week's offering. For those I love, go and check it out. Wonderful piece of artistry, wonderful piece of writing. A lot of meaning, a lot of emotion behind it. Mental Health Awareness Week. Mind yourselves, mind your mate. Check us out on Instagram, performance underscore doc, D-O-C. Website is now up, performance-doc.com. Any comments, any feedback, any suggestions of what to speak on, what to talk about in the podcast, give us a shout. It'd be great to hear from you. Talk to you next week.